Hey, what's going on, guys? It's Murph. This week on the Unsigned Podcast, we have Christina Novu. Christina is a publicist, manager, strategist for all things Latin. Uh, her and I met a few years back while we were both working at Sony, and uh, it's great to, to catch up with her and, and actually kind of learn more about her entire backstory and her life story, which is really cool. But then also, you know, she gave a lot of great insights uh, for those of you looking to learn more about uh, what it is a publicist actually does and how uh, you can best, you know, partner with someone like her. This is a fun episode. So enjoy. Hi, I'm Chris Novo. I am the owner of Artistry and Records. I am a publicist consultant for all things music and especially Latin related. Hey, Chris, appreciate you uh, hopping on the uh, the chat and, and coming on the Unsigned Podcast. Uh, really excited to to jump into, you know, everything that you do, especially given, um, you know, your, your focus on Latin music. But yeah, before we kind of jump into all that, if you don't mind, uh, you know, just tell them a little bit about, telling us a little bit about yourself for those who don't know, um, you know, where are you from and, you know, how'd you get your start in the, uh, the entertainment business? Got it. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here and Absolutely. talk about all these great things that you have going on. Um, I want to say that I started uh, at a very young age, actually. I grew up in the music business with my dad, so I've always, I've always been surrounded by this. Um, I went to school for communications and production, so I actually started uh, working as a talent coordinator and a producer for a show down in Miami that was on Telemundo, Mundos station called The Roof. It was the two-hour live show. And I would book a lot of like talent and the artists, managers, labels. And during that time, I kind of started seeing um, like this, this gap, but this need to bridge both what is urban and Latin, um, like both worlds, right? Because I started seeing like oh, cool, I'm not the only, like, Latina girl who loves hip-hop or R&B um, as much as I love, you know, everything else, like bachata, merengue, like, all those other things that I grew up listening to as well. So I was like, hmm, let me see. I started kind of, like, digging in more. And then, like, I want to say two years after being um, on the show, I decided to move to New York where I saw that that's where that gap perfectly so in moving to New York I had my own publicity company that I owned with um, my best friends and um, kind of like that was at the boom of reggaeton when you know when Daddy Yankee Gasolina came out with uh, like Nori and Nina Sky were booming so that was that was a great time and kind of when that boom just kind of died I went into um the record label infrastructure and I wanted to learn like the ins and outs of how a record label works and um, I worked for Motown for the general manager which I was able to learn every department within um, with the label right uh, I learned what marketing does what the publicity department does which is something I already knew sales radio promo like so many aspects that I was very fascinated by it so I stayed there for like five years um then I went over to Republic Records where I ran like the publicity department 
Um, then I want to say a couple of years after that, I kind I left and I started my own um, company all over again. And here I am uh, working independently, um, but mainly consulting on the Latin side, either crossing over Latin to general market or general market over to Latin. Gotcha. Nice. Nice. And uh, yeah, that's uh, amazing backstory. I mean, we, we knew each other a little bit uh, working, you know, at Sony for, for a short period of time there. And that's kind of where our paths crossed. And, um, uh, but I didn't know all that, that backstory. So, so I appreciate you sharing that. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's a small world. Um, so given, you know, kind of given that, uh, are you originally from Miami as well? No, so originally I was born in Peru, then I was raised in Florida, uh, in Miami, gotcha. Gotcha. from the age okay. of seven. Mm-hmm. Got it, got it, very cool. Um, so, so kind of in, in that, like you've, you know, you, you're, uh, you know, grew up in, in Peru, but then came to, uh, the, the States when you were seven and, and when Miami in a, in a really hotbed, um, culture and, you know, got your career started down there working with a lot of talent and then came up to New York. Um, you know, the next question on the list is, is obviously, you know, curious to know a, a personal story, um, out of like all the experiences that you had, um, you know, obviously relating to music, but like, what is with, with all the stuff, all the travels that you've had and, and all the different, you know, kind of cultures that you've been exposed to, um, what's, uh, you know, up to this point, what, what's, you know, what's one of the, um, you know, fondest memories you have of, of working in the business? I want to say that the fondest memories that I have, um, They're very recent, actually, and I think that there are goals that I've been wanting to meet and that I've been able to meet them in the recent upcoming years is, one, having Mickey Jam on Fallon perform one of his songs. Um, The other one would be having Romeo Santos on Nightline and do, like, a whole, like, you know, piece on him bachata music and how he was a little ahead of his time when it came to um, singing Spanish and kind of trying to merge the, you know, the general market into his music and how to like put it out. So I think that those two um, honestly are kind of like the biggest highlights so far, only because that's always been the goal, right? To, be able to like exist in this world and be acknowledged in the sense of like we are the same as you like I watch Fallon all the time you know if I'm watching it there's a a bigger audience that is also watching you guys who would love to see Nikki and you know the Bad Bunnies and you know the Romeos of the world so it shouldn't be so it should be kind of like a norm and not like that big of a deal but to break those barriers and start making it a norm is I think like my my like fondest like goal that I have I mean clearly I still have more you know but those are like my peak ones so far that I'm like, okay, great. So I met this. Now what? what's next? And, you know, kind of setting that bar and like reaching all of them. Like I want to be acknowledged or in the same room with, you know, like the Post Malones of the world, 
because Absolutely. their music streams either the same, their followers are just as big. And yeah, I mean, why not? <laughs> you know? yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, like I was saying earlier, and, and I mean, you're dealing with it on a day to day is like the world, the, the music world is becoming much more flat, you know, and it's and it's every culture um, is really, um, you know, exposed to um, anything and everything more so than uh, they've ever been in, in the history of recorded music, you know, with the, with the advent of streaming services. So, and you still have all of these, you know, uh, markets that are still like coming online, you know, Asia is going to be, you know, another massive market. Uh, India is going to be a huge market. Um, once those things like fully come online, there's still like major, uh, uh, countries, you know, that, that are still in the developing world, but they have, you know, hundreds of millions or billions of people in them. So, um, yeah. And then I think, you know, we're, we're at a point in time and, you know, with Latin culture, especially over the last couple of years, like having that resurgence and because of the way technology has evolved, it looks like, um, you know, th those, uh, those things are here to stay. You know, you kind of alluded to it before with, um, you know, Daddy Yankee and, and Gasolina uh, a few years back and how that kind of like died out. Um, I know I'm going uh, off script here from our questions, but I think this is like, again, like I said in the beginning, this is a fascinating point, but I think you can talk to it a little bit more just about how, um, you know, this, this wave doesn't, is, isn't going to go anywhere. If anything, it's only going to get bigger here in the States. Oh, 100%. So to retouch on that, right? So it was a wave that to us, and when I say to us, I mean the general market kind of died because it wasn't um, so tangible in their face, but it was right. still very strong, like in our countries and around the world, right? That's because right. of streaming, the internet, YouTube, and like online, it just became more of, it, it spread and became way more global, um, you know, artists other artists started seeing it and they started jumping on, you know, songs that they're like, whoa, like I want to be a part of this. And then it just started like growing back up from there because I think in my opinion, when these artists started jumping on these Latin artist songs, they saw like the immense result of it. So then yeah. it just became like, you know what I mean? Like it was more of a benefit um, for them than it was for us, right? For, for us, sure. it's more of like, wow, we're get, we get to, you know, perform or be in a song with, like, our idols that we thought growing up were the coolest thing, right? And to them, they're seeing it as like, wow, I'm growing and getting a whole new fan base that I otherwise would have never had had I not been with this artist and gotten exposed to it. Yeah, absolutely. I, th I think it's a great win-win. You know what I mean? It's like it, it makes sense on on all fronts, like from a, a culture standpoint, from a music standpoint, from a business standpoint, you know. Um, so, so I think it's great to see. And, and just like you're saying, this is kind of like the beginning of things just continuing to go, which is great to see. Um, but I, I do want to talk about, you know, <laughs> kind of getting back on, on script here a little bit to the questions that we had. I, I do want to talk about, you know, kind of your day to day um, you know, publicity duties, um, 
and, and kind of uh, give some insight to, to our listeners around that. So uh, with that in mind, what is, you know, what does the day-to-day look like um, for a publicist? So for um, a publicist day-to-day, it really entails a lot of pitching. Um, it's more of like knowing uh, what the artist has going on, uh, what's coming up, and just kind of getting ahead of any releases, any singles, performances, concerts, and so forth, and just kind of like putting that on different editors' radar, right? Um, So more than anything, that entails a lot of, you know, structuring of press releases, pitching a lot, making phone calls, Uh, making sure that, you know, people are aware that this is coming out and just kind of preparing for, you know, what's coming, any surprise like single drops or, you know, staying on top of, um, you know, their socials, if they're posting, what they're posting, making sure that things, you know, are going um, according to plan. And it's, yeah, it's a lot of, a lot of emailing. It's a lot of, conversations and a lot of talking to either artists or their managers. Right, right. I was going to say, it sounds like um, just an immense amount of planning as well, right? Like you're mapping things out weeks or months in advance saying, all right, we're going to hit, you know, this song is going to release on this day and kind of have a lot of like work back schedules from that. Oh, absolutely. Like, it's a lot of organization, especially when it comes to, like, artists and planning and calendars. So it's always helpful to be ahead of the game in certain things. But because you are ahead of the game, like, knowing that these releases are going to come either in a month from now or in a couple of weeks from now, you know, life happens and then they probably are like, yeah, well, you know what, guess what? It's being dropped tomorrow or next week. Then you're already prepared. And right. you could just go ahead and pull that trigger because you already have all your ducks in a row. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, cool. Um, so is there anything um, that stands out to you as like the key um, to getting an artist's publicity rolling when they're first starting out? Yes. <laughs> um, perception. <laughs> perception is one of them. Consistency is, is another Managing expectations is also the the Mm. third one. Um, And just, you know, making sure that everything that you have and you're putting out is, you know, is aligned with your brand and that your brand is on point because you only get one opportunity to be in front of these people's faces. And it only takes like 30 seconds for them to either like you or not like you. So that determines whether they're going to either listen to it or want to continue listening to it. So, you know, always have everything together before you start going out and trying to get like looks or trying to get interviews or anything done because the worst thing you could do is piece things, you know, be like, yeah, here's my phone. And then if they ask you, okay, great. Can you send me a bio and some photos? And you're like, yeah, I'll get it to you next week. Forget it. You've lost their attention. You know what I mean? So having all of those things like together and organized in one shot is like the best thing that you could do. 
Absolutely. And that kind of like ladders up perfectly to, to the next question here is, you know, how important is an artist's image uh, to your ability or any publicist's ability to, to succeed in their role? Um, you know, from kind of from all angles, from a brand uh, holistic point of view, but also just straight up from like a creative point of view, like how, um, how on point, um, how crucial are, you know, the creative images and, and the photo shoots that artists do uh, to, to your ability to do your job? So to answer that question, it's very crucial, right? Because yeah. one, you should always stay true to who you are and people can tell the genuine from the fake, but at the same time, because this is your image, you also have to come across as an artist, right? You could be in a t-shirt and jeans, but you could still look and come across as an artist and what your music stands for, right? Like, look at Residente Calle 13. Like, he is the most, like, humblest guy ever. But you meet him, you see his images, like, you see his Instagram, and you could tell, like, he's an artist. You could tell what he's passionate about, what his music stands for. Like, all you have to do is look at the brand, and you're like, okay, this is who he is. You know, you kind of get an insight of, like, what type of music it is, what's his vibe, and where they're coming from, or, like, what, like what, where they're trying to go. So that is super, super important. You can't be all over the place, because if your image doesn't match the music, then you've lost your audience. Got it. Got it. It's really about trying to make sure that the the imaging goes along with the music, and and it's telling a story in an in an authentic way. Correct. Got it. Got it. Cool. Cool. Um, so now I kind of want to shift gears a little bit and talk about you know you mentioned it earlier, but the you know a lot of your day to day uh, deals with pitching, right? And pitching on artists' behalf, on labels' behalf, trying trying to get placements in, in various publications. What's kind of like your overall um, methodology or, or just like your thought process on pitching, right? If, if somebody has, um, you know, a new record, you know, do you go to, uh, you know, one publication at a time for a premiere? And then after it gets premiered, do you then kind of blast it out to everybody for, you know, you know, the following day to, to make sure that um, it can get as much uh, attention as possible or, you know, do you do something else? Um, curious, curious your thoughts on, you know, kind of your pitching strategy. Right. So it all depends on the artist and what the strategy is to begin with, right? Um, some artists don't like to do premieres and they just like to go live and, you know, send out press releases and try to get as much pickup as possible. There's other artists who do like premieres so when it comes to that point, it all depends on the music, the artist, and what fits them. You know, you don't always go to the same publication because not every artist is the same and not, not every publication fits the most, you know. So it really all depends on who it is and what the product is. So with that being said, like if it's a girl and it's like a love song or, some, you know, something trendy, you know, I would go with like a nylon. Um, if it's a girl and she's a rapper and her like MO is completely different, like you go with like a double XL or, you know, you go with a complex, something more edgier. 
it's it's kind of like what fits them as an artist and what makes sense for them and also for the outlet. So once I, you know, get the premiere in place, then obviously like there's a, there's a press release, we send it out. And then, you know, obviously the more eyeballs, the better because not one site is going to drive traffic for the whole entire world. So, you, you know, you make sure that everyone is aware. Got it. And, and so to your point, it really is a case by case basis and, and it depends on the song and the artist and uh, all the other outside factors. There's not just like a one strategy fits all scenario. Oh, no, not at all. And I say this to like my clients all the time because they go to me, oh, what can you do for me? Like, who can you get me? And I'm like, oh, well, first of all, I need to hear what the project is. Um, I kind of want to talk to the artists and like to like pick their brain and, you know, see what direction they want to go in and what makes sense for them because I can't pitch an annoy, for example, to, you know, like a nylon because that doesn't make sense. I, you know, I wouldn't pitch like, you know, Nikki Jam to like a pop sugar because they're going to be like, mm, not really, you know, so it all, it all has to kind of align also. So just everyone is so different from guys to the females that, you know, unless you know exactly like who they are and where they're trying to go, like that's where you can like kind of like structure a plan and go after certain outlets or certain looks and certain situations that make sense all around. But to that, to that point, no, it's all case by case purposes, which is what was my frustration when I was at the label. It was very cookie cut. It was all the same thing. It was pitching to the same people. And it was like becoming redundant. Like you're going, you're getting the same looks over and over and over. So it started getting watered down and not challenging, right? The challenging part is getting these people to say yes to an artist that they've never either had before or getting an artist the look that they've never been in before and, you know, getting them to say, getting that yes is like the most gratifying like email I like can ever get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can imagine. Um, cool. So I think, um, that's a great segue into this, into this next question as well. It's like, given that you, um, you know, your main focus now is, is really working with Latin artists, you know, what are some of the unique challenges that you're facing um, trying to, you know, kind of trying to cross promote and essentially get, you know, Latin artists onto, you know, getting getting their music placed with outlets that may or may not have you know a big latin following like what um what are some of the the big issues that you deal with the biggest issue that i deal with when it comes to that is getting them to say yes because they're not willing to take the risk at that moment um they see it they think it's cool they like love it. They know that there's a buzz, but they're not always willing to take that risk and say yes because they're scared that it doesn't match their audience or it's not suited for like their network or their site or what have you, right? But then the moment they do, they realize the impact and the potential of what it is and that they actually get more ratings from that than any other artist 
then they're like, oh my God, yes, I want more. Let's do this again. You know, but the biggest challenge is getting them to say yes. So when I get up, maybe or I'll consider it, that's when I really like, okay, I can possibly, it's not a no, you know, so I'm right, like, right. Hey, let me, let me keep on going. And until I get my yes, then I won't stop, you know, unless you tell me no flat out, then I will continue going and feeding you facts and information and, you know, showing you and sending you like, hey, look at this, this went viral, look at this, like it got this million views or, you know, so I continue to educate them to the point where they're like, okay, great, let's just do it. And then when they do it, they love it. And, you know, my initial reaction is, thank you, but I told you so. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> got it. Yeah. So, and, and it sounds like, um, to be honest, that there's no real, um, there's no real difference than um, trying to pitch any other artist. It, it all sounds like it's it's pretty much the same. Is is that accurate, right? Because you're always trying to, whether they're a Latin artist or, or not, it's always about trying to get a yes on a spot that you haven't necessarily been at before, right? Correct, yes. But it's more challenging when I'm trying to convince, because it's easier for me to say, hey, I have, um, let's just say Post Malone, for an example, like there's no way I'm going to get a no, you know? Right, right, right. But yeah, if I'm pitching like true. a Nikki or a Noel, it takes, it takes a bit of time for them to actually say yes. Mm, right. So, yeah, I, I guess that, that is the, that, that's the difference. It's that education piece, right? Um, mm-hmm. Like you were saying before, it's, it's like the artist may have, and that's the great thing about, um, you know, the social media and the internet is like you can build up a following and no one know who you really are you know right now um and then it just that makes it easier to say yes when you can point to something else and be like oh no like we got a million views on um you know this latest video on youtube or on instagram or whatever so um yeah it sounds like a lot of what you have to do is in in that regard is, is education based as well especially given um you know language barriers when you're trying to bring a latin artist to to a, a u.s publication yes that is, you nailed it correct <laughs> cool cool um great well uh i've got a couple other questions here that you know we'd like to ask everybody um at the end is just you know kind of overall um industry um advice and, and things that you have uh, dealt with personally in your career but I want to start with this one. Is there a piece of advice that um, you give to people within the industry or, um, you know, artists and managers trying to get into the industry that you rarely see them implement? Um, Confidence. Just be confident in what you are pushing. Um, Definitely be, you know, on point with everything because, a lot of the times, like, you'll only get, like, one opportunity to, you know, meet certain people or get your music in front of, like, people's faces to make sure that all of that is well put, well organized, and, you know, super presentable. And, you know, just don't give up. Like, keep pushing. And if your first, you know, set of rounds of singles and music isn't getting you what you expect just keep on going because you never know when when it'll actually hit you know sometimes it takes time and growth for people to actually see and want 
a certain artist, but um, it's more so that, you know, they have, they're just kind of keeping their eyes and, and trying to see like where this artist is going and like how it's going to be. And, you know, so yeah, just stay persistent and, you know, never give up. Yeah, it's, it's so true. I mean, there, there's so many things where it's like you're, people tend to forget that um, it's, it is work, you know, and, and at times it's, it's going to be grueling and you're going to need to have some grit to like push through and, and yeah, uh, that's a great, great piece that, you know, hopefully people adhere to. Um, cool. So uh, going, you know, I want to talk about something that you've dealt with, um, you know, in your personal career. Is there, is there anything, um, you know, that you've failed at professionally when you were first starting out that you, you know, were able to overcome, you know, as your career started to progress? Um, yes. I want to be, I want to say being taken more seriously in um, what I have to bring to the table and being heard and um, moving forward with either my ideas or what I am introducing or not just being brushed off as, you know, like a female publicist or you know, it's, it's hard for, I want to say a female in a game where it's all like male dominated in that sense. Um, so it took a lot of accolades for me to actually be taken serious in the sense of like, oh, wow, she actually knows what she's talking about. And oh, wow, I like this or yes, this makes sense, you know? Right. So I think that that would be that would be the biggest thing. And granted, I still go through it. You know, it's there's still moments where I kind of have to like bite my tongue and just like figure it out, or kind of you know say, okay, sure. You know, <laughs> um, I guess it's a little ego in in a sense, and I'm gonna be completely sincere with you in that sense because it's like you you say an idea, and they're like, mm, but then you know, a counterpart will say the same idea. And they're like, oh my God, it's a brilliant idea. Like, I'm like, yeah, it's brilliant. You totally came up with that. It's genius. Let's run with it, you know? So it's kind of learning how to pick and choose your battles in that sense. But yes, I I feel like that um, would be the biggest challenge that I had to overcome and still working at. Good to hear. Good to hear. Yeah, I mean, that's, um, those are one of the things that, like we're always going to have to keep trying to, to get over that hurdle of like always making sure that, you know, our, our voices are heard and, and trying to stand up, uh, you know, for, for the great ideas, um, which is always tough too, right? Because you don't, you don't want to push too hard and, and it's a delicate balance and it's really about communication too. So yeah, like you said, it's, it's something that's like, it's a never ending process that, you know, hopefully we all try to strive better to be better communicators so that we are confident enough to, to continue to share great ideas. Oh, 100%. And then the other thing, you know, I'm indie, like I'm completely independent. So it takes double the work um, for them to, you know, actually listen or want to like either take the call or answer the email because it's not coming from a label email if that makes right. any sense, you know what yep. I mean? Like, I'm not emailing you from Chris at Sony or Chris at Universal or Chris at this. 
I'm emailing you from Chris at the Artistry. So it's kind of like I had to build like my name and, you know, my my contacts and my database and like my portfolio in order for people to be like, oh, yeah, Chris, absolutely. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. Well, cool. Um, we're coming down to uh, to time here, and um, you know, but uh, b- before you go, just curious to know, you know, what it is that you're working on um, now, or or what you have coming up in the near future that you're super excited about. I have a couple of things that I'm super excited about. Um, Nikki Jam is already came out with his album. Uh, he's also in the Bad Boys movie. So he's uh, going to be in the premiere, obviously, one of his, one of the soundtrack singles, which is the main single, is Nicky's, and he's sharing that with Daddy Yankee. So we're going to be promoting that and doing like the promo tour with that, you know, going to be on Camel, looking to be on Good Morning America and do a couple of like great pieces. And shortly after that, him and Yankee are doing like a reunion and they're doing an album together. So I'm very excited about that. Um, Anuel is going to come out with a second single top of the year, and then he's going to drop his album. So this would be like the second project that he would be dropping. I have a lot of like up and coming artists that I am working on that I'm very excited because I know that by next year, they're definitely going to like break through to the next level. So it's always great seeing you know, um, like your little babies grow into like something bigger and have been a part of that. So I'm excited about that. You know, it's uh, the Traiteados of the World, Paloma Mami, um, Melly's, because, you know, Melly I've been with for from the inception of her career. So yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for 2020. There's a lot of great artists and projects and breakthroughs coming for this year. So it looks like it's going to be a great and busy year and I'm excited. That's awesome. That's that's great to hear. I was gonna say it. It sounds like it. It's uh, it's gonna be a hard year to top coming up. It sounds like you got a lot of really good things um, about to take off. So it's great to hear. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, yeah, we're 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 at time here, and uh, again, appreciate you. You know, uh, taking a little bit of time out of your day to to chat with us and. Uh, Look forward to uh, to catching up down the line, and, and hopefully we can do do a part two at some point after uh, this big year that you're about to have. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure and so much fun, and looking forward to that part two. Yeah. <laughs>